listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Another day and more drama in Sixerland. Ben Simmons ended up showing up at the practice facility on Thursday. Ended up leaving pretty fast as well. Also, Daryl Morey went on 97.5, the fanatic. He made some comments about the whole situation. And also coming up later in the podcast, I'll sit down with super agent Lee Steinberg. He represents Patrick Mahomes, also repped Steve Young, Troy Aikman, a pair of Hall of Famers. Get his opinion on how things will play out from an agent's perspective in terms of Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. But before I jump into that, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, our team at LibertyBallers.com will have you covered for all your Sixers needs. So, despite the fact they had a big 20-point win over the Pelicans in their opener on Wednesday... Obviously, Ferk was the star of the show with his performance, just getting red hot and, and leading the Sixers to that win. Joel Embiid looked great. Everything, hopefully, you know, would have been a nice, easy day for the Sixers before they take on Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the Brooklyn Nets on Friday. But nope, more drama occurred. And of course, we're talking about Ben Simmons. So according to multiple outlets, Ben Simmons was at the Sixers training facility. He was there for a scheduled individual workout, didn't take part in it. Ended up saying that he was dealing with some back issues and needed to get some treatment. So he was worked on by the Sixers medical staff. They cleared him to take part in the encore work. He ended up just leaving the facility. But he also discussed the fact he's not mentally ready to join the team again. So when this all went down, again, this is happening in between games. We thought maybe Ben got suspended at practice. So, you know, we might not hear from him for a few days or hear about the situation, but nope, it seems like every single day we're dealing with more and more. So according to this, like I said, Ben was at the facility, uh, ended up saying that he was dealing with some back issues. This was the first the team ever heard of it. They gave him the go ahead and said, if you need to take part, like there's nothing serious here, you can get back on the court, ended up bouncing from the facility basically and taking off. Uh, He also touched on the fact he's not mentally ready to rejoin the team. Okay, fair enough. You got to take care of your mental health first. I understand that. Why show up in the first place? Why? Why did he come last week? And and what point was he trying to prove? Because he's not saving that 360 grand that he's losing out on for being suspended. So I, I don't really, if he wasn't mentally in the right place to come, and obviously he's listed his place in Jersey, as well as Central City uh, on the market in terms of real estate. So why did you even bother showing up? You should have just sat out and 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 said, I'm not going to come. You guys can suspend me. I'll sit out and I'm sure you got plenty of money saved up and I'll just sit here and, and figure this out. But obviously that didn't happen. So now the team is hopeful that he'll actually show up for the shoot around against Brooklyn on Friday morning. Likely won't play at this point, obviously, just given the circumstances and given the fact that he hasn't really had a ton of five on five you know, work in terms of with the first unit, second unit, wherever Doc puts him, if he ever does come back. Uh, but you know, this is going to be a situation that's going to take some time to figure out. So why do I think it could be a very long time? Well, as I mentioned off the top, Daryl Morey was on 97.5, the fanatic ended up doing an interview there. He was obviously asked about the Ben situation. Here's what he said on a couple of his answers. And I quote, people should buckle in. This is going to go for a long time. If we can trade Ben Simmons for a difference maker, we'll do it. Okay. He's kind of stuck to his guns. The whole offseason, anytime he's been in front of the media on media day, he said the same thing. I'm not going to make a panic move that puts us in a worse situation. So here's another quote from Daryl Morey. I'm focused on winning the title. I'll go through mud, muck, barbed wire. We'll go through whatever it takes. What we're doing right now, it gives us the best chance to win the title. 
And I, you know what, as much as he's getting flack on Twitter, a lot of the NBA media people chiming in and, and saying, hey, it's time to move on. And they should, you know, they should have expected this. I agree with Daryl Morey. I agree with Daryl Morey because you're in a situation, you're coming off being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. You have the pieces in place to contend for a championship. You have a guy like Joel Embiid who is playing at an MVP level, probably will continue that this season and is right up there with guys like Joker, guys like Giannis, guys like Kevin Durant to be considered to win MVP. So again, I, I don't disagree with Daryl Moore. You don't want to make a move just to get pennies on the dollar and maybe you set yourself back a year or two because who knows what's going to happen with Joel long-term. You know, he does have the injury, injury history. And what if he doesn't stay healthy? There's a lot of things that could go wrong. So right now, you got to try and maximize your window. And as we know in the NBA, you might have four, five, six seasons to win a championship. And if it doesn't happen, you're looking at breaking things up and changing things around. And so I agree with what, what the approach has been from a Sixers standpoint. And now here's another quote from Daryl Moore. He said, you got to think I'm kidding. I'm not. This could take four years. And he references Joel Embiid. He says, we're in the prime of Joel's career. This is not a day-to-day -day thing. Every day we are going to expect Ben Simmons to be back here or we trade him for a difference maker. So again, you're looking at this and the Sixers seem like they've drawn their line in the sand and are basically like, hey, if you want to be traded and you want us to respect your wishes, well, then you better respect ours and show up because you're a former number one overall pick. You're a three-time all-star. You still have four years left on the max contract you signed just two years ago. And again, I'll say this, when that $170 million contract was thrown in front of him, don't think he hesitated for a second to sign on the dotted line. And when you sign that contract to me, it means, hey, you plan on being here for the long haul. Now, if you played out four years of this contract and things weren't going well and you wanted out going into the final year, okay. Sure, Ben. You know, you, you put your effort in here. You've tried to help us win a championship. Things haven't went right. It's time for a fresh start. But when you're doing it one season into it, I, I'm going to stand with the team. And I said this before on the podcast that, you know, if you're a free agent, you're going into a final year, you have the right to tell your team, hey, I'm not going to resign. So move me. Then the pressure's on the team. But if you're doing this with four years left, there's no way that the Sixers, Elton Brand, Daryl Morey, the ownership group should ever look at making a panic move. Because again, this is not a team that's rebuilding. This is a team that has championship aspirations. They're a lot better with Ben Simmons on the court. So why would you try and mess that up? Yeah, of course, if you could get a Damian Lillard, a Bradley Beal, the deal would have been done by now. But if you're looking at us, go looking at Minnesota and being like, yeah, give us Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, and a couple of picks. No, that doesn't move the needle. You're not catching Brooklyn or Milwaukee. So I, I agree with how the Sixers have approached this. I agree with Daryl Morey drawing his line in the sand and basically saying, hey, man, you know, we're prepared for four more years of this. And if he doesn't want to play, that's up to him. But if Ben Simmons wants to make the situation, obviously not only the best for the Sixers, which I'm sure is not his concern at this point, but his concern is what's best for him, show up and play. And don't be a distraction. Don't be a jackass and, and fold it in you know, during practice. You don't have the clout of a James Harden. You don't have the attitude and the clout of a Jimmy Butler. So you're not the lead dog on this team. And so you showing up, you're going to get called out by guys like Joel, guys like Danny Green. Guys who are going out there and trying their ass off to make sure they're winning. So to me, the, the way that Ben has played this, again, I don't know what the point is. If you weren't mentally ready, and I'm not downplaying the seriousness of somebody's mental health, and I'm not going to get into that in terms of where Simmons is at in terms of upstairs, but, you know, don't come. 
well, why would you even bother showing up? And then you, you think you're going to get your way. You're not. They're going to suspend you. They're well within their rights, within the contractual agreement to do that. If you're not putting up your end of the bargain and, and you know, working every day to make the team better, they're going to suspend you and you're still going to lose out on that money. Plus, he's getting fined for missing practices. So this was just a dumb approach to me by Ben and his camp. Again, I don't know what's happened in terms of between himself and Rich Paul and the people at Clutch, but there was no point in showing up last week if you were just going to come and do this. And, and you know, touching back on the Maury thing, again, a lot of people are, are hating on him on Twitter. You can let me know your thoughts. I'm at jazzkang21. That's J-A-S-K-A-N-G-21. If you want to hit me up, let me know your thoughts on that. Feel free to do so. But like I said, I, I think that this is is something that Daryl Morey should have done, which is this could we're willing to sit here for four more years, call their bluff. If he wants to sit out and wait and not get paid until a deal commiserates, great, do it. But on the flip side, if he also wants to sit there and come in and play and at least work and re-up his trade value to where it should be and help the Sixers win some games, again, I don't know how that'll work in terms of team chemistry. That's the way he can help himself at this point. Lots more to discuss. I'm going to have Lee Steinberg on, who represents Patrick Mahomes. He'll be coming up after the break to let us know his thoughts on how he would play this from an agent's perspective. That's coming up on the other side. All right, joining me now is Super Agent, one of the best in the business, represents Patrick Mahomes, also has a long list of Hall of Famers on his resume, including Troy Aikman, Steve Young, of course, for my 49ers. Uh, Lee Steinberg, Lee, how are you doing today? Doing just great. All right, so the breaking news of what's going on with Ben Simmons, we've talked a little bit about that, but I wanted to, wanted to get your opinion on this first. Going back to last week, Ben shows up unannounced at the Wells Fargo Center that he's here, he's in, he's in Philly. When you look at that, what would the dialogue have been between an agent and a client prior to Ben showing up without telling anybody? And again, he's missing out on 360 grand of, you know, per game that he's missing. So what would that dialogue have been between Ben and his reps at, at Clutch Sports? So uh, first of all, let me make the point that there's an excellent agent in this case and a talented front office. They don't need my advice on how to do this. But if you're talking hypothetically, um, what would happen here is, is in anticipation of the new season beginning, there would be considerable dialogue much, much earlier. And uh, to the extent that Simmons was disaffected, wanted to leave, they would have to come to a meeting of the minds. But the best way to do all of that is privately. When situation becomes public, makes it very difficult for the incumbent team to get full trade value. Other teams know that their situation is compromised with their player and offering a equivalent trade package is something that most other NBA teams are not inclined to do. They would rather wait and see if the situation eventually leads to Simmons being released or somehow uh, making a deal with the team. What probably happens here is that for a player of this value, you start with the fact that there obviously was tension and difficulty around the last uh, playoff game of last year. And, uh, and there seemed to be hard feelings uh, or at least tension between Simmons and Embiid. And, and so you would start to try to 
find a way to work that out. Is this a permanent impediment? Is that relationship unsolvable? Is it still in the best interest for both sides to have Simmons there? And to the extent that it's possible, this would be a situation where an agent would quietly shop behind the scenes, probably with permission, uh, to see if there was something he could broker or work out. And here you have a talented agent who I'm sure tried this. So what we're seeing is a breakdown. What we're seeing is that all of those efforts have somehow failed. And it's now been moved to the beginning of training camp. You have a player who's been fined, I believe, a million dollars. Uh, we already have difficult events here. So the best way, again, to handle this is quietly behind the scenes. Once this becomes public, then you have different sides making different statements, which can be antagonistic, which uh, can uh, up the level of uh, tension and conflict without getting uh, resolution. And um, in this case, you've, you have to assume that the Sixers are determined to get a trade if they were to trade him. And there really is no replacing him at his best. He's a very talented young player. So it's not like Ben Simmons' uh, equivalents are out there growing on trees. Uh, it, it's uh, very difficult. So what we have here is deadlock. And in deadlock, uh, when you think things <clears throat> can't get any worse, I guarantee you they always can. So uh, you have to have assumed there was considerable discussion behind the scenes. Uh, they are much better off having the Simmons camp and, and the uh, Sixers uh, dealing with each other privately than communicating, you know, in a public way um, because the deadlock somehow has to be undone here. And will it be the passage of time? Will it be uh, who will blink? Uh, and right now, neither side seems particularly disposed to uh, uh, the Sixers to do anything else but expect him to be there. Uh, he has uh, four years left on his contract, I believe, so yeah. it's not, not a question of there being some imminent free agency or event. So it's it, the, these are difficult. And uh, now the agent in question worked out situations like this before represents a number of players, uh, very powerful, uh, you know, very astute. So you'd assume that um, that they've got a grip or a handle. It's been reported that as many as nine other teams may have an interest, and who wouldn't? Lee, when you're looking at this from an agent's perspective, and, and like you mentioned, you have so many teams interested in this guy, and I'm sure they're trying to buy low at this point because, you know, we're only a, a game into the season and every team thinks they're going to make the playoffs for the most part. But when you're looking at this, who has the leverage? And you're even looking at this as an outsider. And, and you know, Ben has four years, $146 million left on his deal. Daryl Morey, they have a pretty good team still, you know, maybe not a championship contender, but they go 15 and five, 14 and six over 20 games. You know, that lessens the pressure to make a deal. So when you're looking at this and with all your expertise, who has the leverage in this case? Is it Ben in his camp with Rich Paul and Clutch or is it the Sixers and Daryl Morey? <clears throat> well, neither side has much leverage right now because the reality of the situation is the leverage and action is self-destructive. Uh, 
the 76ers don't have a, a, a superstar player who's playing for them and he's not being paid. <laughs> so when you have a situation like that, it's mutually assured destruction. So the, it, it's very difficult under these circumstances to make a trade with the whole league watching this situation play out. So probably one of the options that the agent's looking at is just having the player report in good faith, play, and uh, see down the line how it uh, works out. And he's got four years left on his uh, contract. But if you have a really unhappy player who um, uh, thinks that he has somehow a difficult relationship with the head coach, and that he has a difficult relationship with one of the key stars, the key star on the team. Um, he may fear what, what players fear in this situation is they go back and the trade never occurs. But it's almost counterintuitive because for a trade to occur, you have to have a healthy, seemingly happy player there. So, um, um, this deadlock has to <clears throat> be resolved and neither side at this point has much leverage from the standpoint that the whole world's watching. Yeah. We've been watching it for five months nonstop now. So we're, you know, again, from a content standpoint, it's been great, but I mean, it's, this is dragged on. And now that we're into the season, I think a lot of Sixers fans and, and I think the organization itself, like being in Philly for training camp, I saw that with them that, you know, the, the public message was very much, you know, we're standing, you know, we're standing strong, but you can see that the players were getting agitated at having to answer the questions over and over and over again. So again, I don't see a resolution to this either anytime soon. And I wanted to ask you this as well, when you, when you're looking at this, like you mentioned, we got a very unhappy player, you know, Kate went to practice last week or earlier in the week, part of me was booted out by Doc Rivers for not participating in a, in a defensive drill. Um, obviously was suspended for the opener in New Orleans on Wednesday evening. And, and now he's in the situation where he shows up, leaves again. What would you be trying to instruct your player if, if you're dealing with this as a, from an agent standpoint? Like, you, you know, this guy's frustrated. He's put both his properties up for sale in the area, obviously mentally checked out. But like you mentioned, the best thing for this, I think for both parties is Ben kind of sucks it up, plays, hopefully plays well. You get a bigger deal available two, three months down the season. And December 15th is a big day in the NBA because that's when free agents are being able, the recently signed free agents are able to be moved again. So what, what do you tell your, your client at this point that, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. I know you're unhappy, but how do you handle it? Well, one of the things you're looking for here is someone from the team side to intercede. Players get unhappy and demand trades all the time. And the public doesn't know a single thing about it because it's not public. Uh, and this is where Jerry West comes in and convinces uh, Kobe and Shaq that even though they may not particularly love each other or being on the same team, that it's in their best interest to stay there. So situations like this are prevented all the time by a coach or a general manager having the gravitas and problem-solving ability to smooth over the uh, difficulties and to get people excited about having a new start. So that's one of the things that can happen to, to solve uh, the situation. 
the longer this goes on, the more possible it is for comments to be made and things to be um, uh, said or actions to be taken that make it more, uh, more difficult. Um, so I would expect at this point, if you have a completely unhappy client, then the question is from an agent's mind, how do you, what's the best path to try to engineer a trade where at the end of it, your player will be happy um, and fulfilled. It will be a good fit for him. And uh, equally, you have, um, uh, you, you have the team happy because they, they got value. I mean, the first thing you try in all of this is some form of mediation where you've got, is there a third party somewhere that can come in again? You've got a talented front office here. You've got a talented, these people are perfectly capable. But what happens sometimes in sports is you hit a deadlock. And the one thing we can't afford is deadlock because you have a finite number of playing years where a player's at his prime. And um, you, you really sort of need a cooling off period here. What, what if if there's a disagreement between yourself and your client in terms of what's best for him or her going forward, you know, in, in whether that's it playing for the team, uh, wanting a new contract, what, what ultimately solves that for people who wouldn't know, like between a client and an agent, is it always for your job to be like, I got to do what's best for my client and I got to do that. Or do you kind of stand your ground sometimes and say, no, this is what's going to be best, not only short-term, but long-term as well. So hopefully you've had good listening skills. <coughs> And hopefully you've drawn out a client so you understand his deepest anxieties and fears and his greatest hopes and dreams. And you're plugged into how he's feeling, both in terms of priorities, short-term economic gain, long-term economic security, um, geographical location, the quality of coaching, the, whether the team's winning. So you understand uniquely those. When you see that a player's ultimate aspirations are not being fulfilled by short-term action. And you have, it's a very difficult situation for an agent because um, I used to say that there are people who, if a player was standing on a 90 story building uh, looking to leap, he would have people around him saying, law of uh, gravity doesn't apply to you go ahead, you can fly. <laughs> and so it's a difficult situation very often for an agent there who knows that another action, and I'm not suggesting that that is occurring here, but it, it when you talk about that situation in general, that's difficult. Your responsibility is to try to fulfill the ultimate goals of your client the best way you can. And you would hope that the player has come to the agent because he believes in that agent and believes in his ability to recommend the right course of action to get there. So you do have to tell truth carefully to clients. Lee, you were mentioning this earlier and, and, and getting back into it now, looking at this from, you know, we talked about what Daryl Morey had said on the radio earlier today, talking about how, hey, you know, this is going to take a long time. We feel like we have a championship contender. You know, a quote from him is, 
you know, I'm not paraphrasing here, but willing to go through barbed wire, willing to go through deep water. I want to bring a championship. And he's not willing to settle on a trade for role players. From your perspective, do the Sixers have any hope of this turning into a happy marriage eventually? Or is this just got to be something that show up and play and we'll try and get rid of you whenever we get the right package? If you're, um, you, you have to assume that those discussions have gone on because there wouldn't be this deadlock at this point. So, but look, what cures desperate situations is resilience. It's the fact that you can never stop trying. The minute that you lock in and uh, on the deadlock and lock in on an approach which is uh, destructive for both sides, there's never a solution. So the point is, as long as uh, uh, there's a Groundhog Day, there's a new day every day, um, then there's always hope because people can change their position. People can break through and come to a deeper level of uh, consciousness. Again, in this case, um, um, it, it, it's gonna be, it's difficult to get a team to trade a superstar player for anything, you know, in a fire cell, for anything less than than value. But again, um, you've got a very astute agent who, who understands this and uh, um, somehow they're at odds, but they'll have to come back together. Final one for you, Lee. You're, you're looking at, at this situation now. I mean, again, it's been five months of uh, four months, pardon me, of, of nonstop since the game seven loss and the past that you gave up the dunk. Uh, when you're looking at this now, too, from a league-wide perspective, because we've heard Adam Silver, he was doing his you know, State of the Union address prior to the season. Uh, he mentioned, we have to look at something to figure this out because this guy's under contract. He signed a five-year deal, $170 million bucks. That's a, a lot of, of money, you know, and he signed that uh, just over two years ago. When you look at this and you've taken part in numerous negotiations, I'm sure, you know, in your day, probably thousands of them, you're looking back at it now. Uh, how does this play out from a collective bargaining agreement? Will the, will the league try and maybe address this next time the CBA is up to say, hey, you know, you can't sign a five-year deal and a year into it, say you want out. Like, how how will this impact future stuff, not only between uh, players and the organization, but between the league and, and the players union? Well, in every sport, <clears throat> there is uh, a sufficient remedy. There are fines, there's lack of uh, payment, um, and you already have a million dollars of fines here. They've already uh, addressed this. Any case where a player <laughs> has a binding contract and is not playing, there are all sorts of um, draconian uh, remedies that, that a club has. The problem with using them is that <clears throat> all it does is inflame an already inflamed situation. And, and really what you're looking for is, is peace here. And uh, so it's, it's not certain how this will work out yesterday. Again, there's always hope because <clears throat> people can always alter or change their positions. But, um, it, um, you know, this is why Rich Paul earns the big bucks. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, he's, he's done this before. And, and I mentioned that too with – 
the Anthony Davis situation, which was you're going into the final year of a deal. You have some leverage here and be like, we're not re-signing. So if you want to, you want to get rid of us, get rid of us. And I think the situation bends in right now. Uh, last one for you. How do you think this ends up just from your personal opinion, not from the agent hat, just as a, a fan and as an observer, how do you think this ends up ultimately between Ben and the Sixers? Well, I think at a certain point, the Sixers have to be able to convince other teams that they, at least for this year, have a workable situation. And, um, but, and then that allows them uh, to make the trade. Um, but on the other hand, the agent may already know where acceptable trades are. Um, but what has to happen is, is uh, uh, people have to keep talking because <clears throat> when people lock in on positions, it becomes very difficult <clears throat> to ever alter that, both from a player perspective and the other perspective. Again, they don't need my advice to solve this, but, but I would tell you that um, to be at this point indicates that a breakdown in communications occurred. All right, Lee, I always love having you on and I always appreciate your insight into this stuff. So thanks for taking the time out. You're a busy man. So always appreciate you coming on the pod with me. My pleasure. All right, that does it for this episode. Before I wrap up, as always, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. Also appreciate a five-star review if you're inclined to give us one. And don't forget, check out libertyballers.com. Paul, Steve, Dave, the entire crew there will have you covered as the Sixers get ready to take on the Brooklyn Nets on Friday.